I think Musk still wants to buy Twitter, and uh, I think he can do well with it. It would be a, it would be not only a good investment uh, on a financial perspective, but good for his ego. So I think the deal goes through, but you know, my guess is is a ten dollar reduced price, if I had to guess. Welcome to the latest installment of Currently, the podcast that brings you the week's current events in finance, business, and technology with insight from the experts. I'm Grant Stoddard, my co-host is Ryan Pallotta, and today we're talking with Whitney Tilson. As always, the former hedge fund manager and current investment newsletter publisher gives us plenty to chew on. We talk with Whitney about Elon Musk's quest to figure out how many Twitter users are fake, his motivations behind that quest, and its possible unintended consequences. We talk about the prospect of the market hitting its bottom late last week, and the large-cap tech companies he's now bullish on. Our chat with Whitney is a value-investing masterclass. The Prometheus app is bursting with insights from other investment pros working in hedge funds, crypto funds, private equity, venture capital, and much more besides. It's a place where you can expand your investment knowledge and access alternatives in a way that's fast, simple, and secure. Go to our website, prometheusalts.com, and get started today. And now, enjoy our talk with Whitney Tilson. So today we have Whitney Tilson, and I'm super excited to talk to you. You always have such incredible insights on what's going on in the world. And previously, you know, we had talked about your idea regarding Twitter that you had written about in your newsletter. And I just wanted to bring that up again because it's kind of, you know, yesterday and this morning, there's been some tweets going out by Elon where he's been reconsidering his deal based on the amount of bots um, that he's saying, you know, he even he had a tweet that was specifically directed at Prague, where he said that Prague refuses to give them evidence that the bots are actually less than 5% and he thinks it's much higher and he may reprice the deal. Uh, we talked to, you know, another writer on your newsletter, Enrique, where he says that that could be illegal if he backs out of the deal at this point and they could sue him. I just wanted to know, what, what do you think about what's going on here? And it's trading at a huge discount now compared to his offer price. What do you think goes on right now? Um, I think, uh, you know, the tech stocks and peer companies are down 25%. Uh, I don't know, maybe with the recent rebound, maybe down 20% from uh, when Musk made the offer. So I think he's angling to um, force the company uh, to lower the price. And the problem he has is, is that he signed a definitive agreement. Um, and this nonsense about bots is just the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> he couldn't come up with something better. But uh, of course, there have always been plenty of bots. He knew that when he went in. This doesn't even come close to mm -hmm. what a judge would consider to be, you know, some, uh, you know, defect in the deal or something like that that would give uh, Musk an opportunity to wiggle out. But Musk is clearly playing hardball here. He's violating the terms of the agreement. Uh, um, and tweeting all sorts of stuff. It's sort of ironic that he's using Twitter to attack Twitter yeah. <laughs> uh, and his deal to buy Twitter. Um, it, it's all very circular here. Um, but, you know, the, the Twitter board is not in a great position here uh, either. I mean, they can just dig in their heels and say, hey, we got a deal and we're prepared to go to court to have you enforce it. Musk at that point can simply pay a billion dollars to walk away. That's a very small breakup fee on a $44 billion deal. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the stock trades down even further. So I think the deal, I think Musk still wants to buy Twitter. Uh, and uh, I think he can do well with it. It would be, a, mm -hmm. it, it would be a, not only a good investment uh, on a financial perspective, but good for his ego. 
Um, and uh, so I think the deal goes through, but you know, my guess is is a ten dollar reduced price if I had to guess. Oh wow! Um, so does that make it a less attractive buy for current investors in the market if they lower the price? Well, it's trading well below that price, mm-hmm. so it's uh, you know I was actually sort of tempted to pick up a little bit in my personal account. <laughs> Because uh, I think the deal does go through. Both sides still want to do the deal. They're, they're just quibbling over the price. Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting is that you know the week prior to that, he had just got in commitments from a lot of VC funds to help finance the deal. Sequoia, A16Z, I think a few others, you know, committed to helping him finance that to make his. Uh, is that going to affect their position at all if the deal doesn't go through, or this what's going on right now? Or are they probably on the same page as him? Um, I think they're on the same page. They were willing uh, to invest in this deal at 54 bucks, so they're going to be even happier to invest it. Call it 44 bucks. Uh, and if the deal doesn't get done, um, you know they always they are, they're experienced deal people, and they know that sometimes deals fall apart, and the buyer walks away and pays the breakup fee. Whitney, is there a, a real possibility that this could backfire? And uh, as Enrique um, mentioned, uh, Twitter could possibly sue. Elon for scuppering the deal, kind of more than wiping out the sort of discount price that he's angling for. Um, I, I mean, Matt Levine, a Bloomberg columnist, had an interesting theory. Um, worse than a lawsuit for Twitter would be if Twitter banned Elon Musk from Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, you know that that is worth billions of dollars of free advertising to the guy. Forget the benefit to his ego. Uh, um, so that's actually the strongest card they hold. Um, that would be pretty hardball. Uh, I don't think they're going to do it, um, uh, but they certainly could. Uh, you know, they could say, you know, he's behaving illegally, he's violating the terms of the agreement, and we're just, yeah, you know, we're just going to temporarily suspend you from Twitter, yeah, um, attacking our CEO. You know, uh, that's that's an interesting uh, play. That would be hardball. Uh, mm. So, no, I think they're just going to I think they're going to cut a deal is my guess uh, before they're dueling lawsuits and all. And keep in mind, there's no there's no suing him to complete the deal because he can just the part of the deal is he can just pay a billion dollars and walk away. Yeah, I think what you said is interesting, though, because I don't think the bots because the company hasn't changed today as it did when he made the deal of the offer and the bots even if the bots were 10 or 20%, like Enrique said, they, like even if they were 20%, doesn't change the company. doesn't change why he wants it. Um, and the whole purpose of him... No, that's, that, this whole thing about the bots is just a total distraction. Yeah, the whole reason he wanted to buy it was to get rid of the bots. So that was part of, <laughs> that was part of his mission. What's interesting is that Jack tweeted previously that he was in support of Prague and thought he was one of the right he was the right CEO he chose to lead this and he thought that him and Prague and Elon could probably do well together but it seems like Elon there's no uh, support from Elon with Prague as he's attacking him on Twitter yeah my guess is is uh, once Elon gets control of the company um, pretty much I would guess 80 percent of the senior people are gonna uh, he'll he'll get rid of them yeah, he'll probably start replacing them with some of his product people at his other companies. Um, I'd love to kind of going off what you were saying about how the market is coming down and that's also pushing Twitter down a little bit more with it. What do you think about this big growth reset that we're seeing right now? And how does it compare to resets with tech in history, like the dot-com crash, the Great Recession? Um, how does how are you seeing this compare right now in this reset of stocks? And it seems like almost an overcorrection as stocks are lower than they were pre-COVID. 
Yeah, I've turned bullish on the sector and, and um, uh, you know, been pounding the table on some of our sort of favorite big cap tech stocks, which I can't buy in my personal account because they're open recommendations in our newsletters. But, you know, just start hmm. with uh, our, our favorites, uh, Amazon, Alphabet, uh, Facebook and Netflix. Start with those four. Um, and um, I pers- uh, PayPal, because we have recommended Square, we're not also recommending PayPal. So that I could buy in my personal account for conflicts of interest reason. We can't buy in our personal accounts. Anyone at Empire, Enrique and me and my colleagues um, can't buy, buy it. So I added some PayPal. Um, but actually, there's a nice ETF out there called FDN um, that tracks the um, it, big cap internet stocks. So I can sort of mm-hmm. own the stocks I want to own via an ETF. So I added that to my personal account uh, just last uh, Thursday, which I think may well prove to be the bottom. That was sort of felt like a, a final puke out day. Um, I think a lot of the big hedge funds, the Tiger Globals and the Kotus, um, we're getting, getting hit very hard and, and, um, it's hard, it's hard to know the exact bottom, but, um, but I think, um, you know, I think that both the market in particular, uh, you know, tech stocks may, may have bottomed last Thursday. Um, then we had that big 5% rally on Friday. Um, we're seeing uh, a rally today as well. So, uh, you know, I'm not much of a market timer, but I think you're going to do fine owning these stocks, um, you know, with a multi-year time horizon, which is generally my time horizon. But my mm-hmm. short term instincts, what limited ones they are, um, actually think we may have seen a bottom. Um, the, you know, these stocks were down 70 to 80 uh, yeah. percent, a lot of the growth these stocks. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, so we're, you think we're kind of bouncing along the bottom here where there's not maybe not too much further for it to go. And like you said, I, what last I checked a little while ago, Block Square was down 70% with a market cap of $48 billion, and they have $5 billion in cash. Could you talk a little bit wh- about why you like Block and maybe the leadership in Jack? Yeah, um, well, that's clearly, it was interesting. He was CEO of two companies simultaneously, but he had 10 times the amount of money over at Block and mm-hmm. uh, you know, relative to Twitter. So it was good for Twitter and for Block, I think, that he gave up the Twitter uh, role. Um, but he's built a heck of a company. And look, uh, e-payments are an enormously growing category. Um, and, uh, blocks got a, you know, very nice position. It's a, it's a great business. Um, you know, the valuation just got way, way, way ahead of itself, but, you know, sort of down 80%. Um, the, you know, you, you start a value guy like me starts to be able to value it, you know, on a multiple of, uh, of earnings. So, um, I've looked more recently at PayPal cause that's the one I added to my personal account, but they recently, <laughs> Uh, guided down, um, but it wasn't as bad a guide down as people feared. So the stock actually popped on what was looked like a terrible quarter, but investors were fearing a more terrible quarter. And, um, and you know, with the stock down 80% or so. So, um, you know, with the revised downward guidance, and you know, it, it smells like a kitchen sink quarter is, is what PayPal posted <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Um, where there's a new CFO in there and you just know that they wanted to reset the bar down to a level that they know they can clear it. 23, 22 times this year's guidance, revised down guidance, um, which in the case of PayPal that owns PayPal and Venmo, um, that's still got enormous growth potential ahead of it, generates a ton of cash. Um, That's pretty interesting. That's why I added it to my personal account. And you can run through similar math for Block, I think. 
Yeah, and I think that they're both similar in the sense that they're betting their future on this e-payments. I use Venmo pretty much every single day, and that's a, yeah. I think that's a part of subsidiary of PayPal. Just out of curiosity, relative to a year ago, how are you using Venmo 10% more, twice as often um, as you used to? Probably twice as often because what I'm seeing now is more people are allowing you to use, to scan your code, to just use, pay them with Venmo, valets, um, random places. Right, right. That's the same with me. I'm probably using it three three times as much, um, just sending money with my wife and daughters inside our family, but mm -hmm. also, you know, my personal trainer, the massage person, like smaller businesses or yeah. things like that. Um, uh, gosh, I use it constantly. Yeah. And look, you might say, well, I'm not paying a fee to use it. Why is that a good business? But they've got the float on my money and they are charging some fees to businesses. Um, you know, I remember the argument I, years ago when Google bought um, uh, YouTube. I was like, you know, why is this a good buy at, I don't know, $2 billion or whatever ridiculously low price they paid for it because, you know, they're not really running any ads or mm -hmm. whatever. And it turned out you know, YouTube is one of the most valuable franchises in the world. It's probably increased in value by a hundredfold. I was completely wrong. Mm -hmm. When you get a product that everyone in the world is using, you know, like a WhatsApp or something, yeah. you know, they can figure out the economic model later. Is if, if everyone on earth is using it, it's going to be super valuable. Yeah, exactly. Love that concept. And that's kind of how I feel about Venmo. For example, the other day I bought concert tickets from a friend and they're Canadian, so they don't have access to Venmo. And it was a nightmare to try to figure out how I'm going to get the money. I'd have to like wire it to them, pay a fee, wait three days for them to get it in Canada if they had access to Venmo. And mo a lot of people, younger people, I feel like don't have PayPal accounts, um, but I think that they have Venmo accounts. Uh, and I wonder if maybe it's something like Instagram where Venmo becomes more popular than the PayPal platform yeah. just because the way the the interface is just so user friendly on it. Yeah. It connects to your phone numbers and all of that really easily. Yeah, um, I totally agree. An interesting application of Venmo I've seen lately is it, it, it's popping up in bars and parties. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, so you know, that was new to me. And, and obviously the QR code's right there and it's kind of like a super convenient way to do things. Yeah. Um, but I've just been seeing that over the past six months. Yeah. I remember showing up to pay cover at a place in Costa Rica and they let me pay the cover fee with Venmo. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, it, China is uh, via their WeChat app and all. Like my understanding is, is beggars in China have a little scan code next to them <laughs> on the street and, and street vendors, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we're clearly going in that direction worldwide. And I think Square and PayPal are the you know two companies really set to benefit. So look, when you have a puke out like this that I think rivals the 80% decline in the NASDAQ from uh, March of 2000 through October of 2002, which I was running a hedge fund at the time and remember it well, mm -hmm. um, picking up some great businesses. Now, look, at that time, you know, Amazon went from 400 to eight, if I recall. Um, wow. uh, Priceline, which is now booking.com, went to a dollar. Um, so it, we're clearly, uh, you know, PayPal still has the better part of a hundred billion dollar market cap. Square's got a fifty billion dollar market cap. So we're nowhere near the lows back then. But uh, you know, the businesses uh, are much better established and uh, are generating real cash flow. By the way, I just saw an interesting uh, little blurb. The the decline in the Nasdaq in terms of market cap is something like seven point six trillion. Um, lost 
in this decline, which is like double what was lost back in the internet bubble bursting, in the housing bubble bursting, or in the COVID crash. So the dollar amounts were so high here. You had these companies with multi-hundred billion dollar market caps. Um, you know, Facebook was approaching a trillion dollars, has been cut in half. Um, you know, Netflix was at, I don't know, 300 billion is down by 80%. Uh, um, you know, so the, the, the dollar losses here are really staggering, far exceeding any previous bust we've seen. Yeah. And I think the underlying businesses of these companies, regardless of COVID boom, they may have seen is still there. Like if you look at Shopify, they're down 80% or more right now. And, you know, a lot of businesses that are being built on top of Shopify, like Klarna, are using Shopify as one of their main, you know, businesses, they're uh, worth more than Shopify right now. So, you know, I think you guys may have written in your newsletter about Shopify. What are your thoughts on what they're doing right now? Yep, it's a it's an open recommendation in Enrique's um, Empire Empire Elite Growth newsletter, um, and you know we were certainly early in a lot of these. Um, mm. You know the old saying, "What's the definition of a stock down ninety percent? It's one down eighty percent that then gets cut in half." Well, it seems like we lost Whitney to internet connection, but uh, he always has such incredible insights on markets, and he's seen it all before. And, uh, you know, everyone should definitely go subscribe to his newsletters, Empire Research, Financial, and we'll put in the show notes links to those. It was incredible having him on. And thanks, guys, for listening. And we'll have him on again soon and listen to some of the other currently episodes to get more current events news in the markets.